Welcome to Ambo TV. Each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country. And as always, they're bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. And then we discuss them right here in the studio. How cool is that? I'm Dean, hashtag always blessed Windsor. And today we have a very, very special show for you guys. Our Ambo TV family has been growing over the past year. Not only have we been blessed to work with next generation pastors, but we've also connected with major Christian influencers artists, authors, and directors. We've had so many amazing moments here at Ambo TV that we want to share them with you guys. And here are just a few of them. Let's start with the impactful and educational discussion I had with Pastor A.R. Bernard. Let's go ahead and check it out. Just the other night, I went to 7-Eleven. It must have been, you know, two o'clock in the morning. I had to run out. One of my kids is sick. I had to get medicine. And there's two um, people who are, you know, kind of down on their luck, I don't make assumptions about people, but they were asking for money. And to me, I just, I kind of blew them off and I felt terrible about it afterwards. But, and, and, and I felt like I'm a bad Christian for that. You know, that this was a bad choice that I made. So how, what advice would you give to someone like me that struggles with that part of Christianity, which is, you know, loving everyone, no matter what, especially those that it's hard to love? I would ask why you blew them off. What was it about the scenario that did not evoke a loving response from you? I think it was a sense of fear, number one. Fear of what? Um, to me, and in the neighborhood that I'm in particularly, we have a, an exploding um, drug uh, use problem, and, and drug addicts are constantly out there. So you don't know if you're getting approached by someone who genuinely needs help or is just going to turn around and take the money and spend it on something that might kill them. Mm -hmm. So that I think is kind of the reason why I, you know, I, I judged books by their covers instead of just loving them and saying, and looking through my change, even though I didn't have cash, I could have looked through my little change thing in my console and, and given them what I had. So you were afraid. Yeah. All right. But at the same time, your conscience is telling you, you had an obligation to respond to a need. So yeah. you were in conflict with your own moral values. Right? So Exactly. And, and how do I combat that? Like, how, how does somebody, because I can't be the only one. All right. Yeah. So you take a situation like that. Okay. All right. And say, okay, uh, let me rethink how I'm judging this. All right. Does it matter or should it matter to me what this person does with the grace that I extend to them? Mm -hmm. Because God extends his grace to everyone. Okay. All right. And he leaves it to their decision how they're going to respond to that grace, what they're going to do with that grace. So if you are an ambassador of Christ, if you are one of the vehicles through which God is dispensing grace, then that's where your responsibility ends. So to give that person a dollar or whatever, uh, that's it. What they do with it is on them. And God will hold them responsible for what they do with it, but God holds you responsible with for how you respond to a person that you see in need. Why you? Why not someone else? The fear is legitimate, but you control that with your window going up and down, how much time you spend giving it to them. You know, so there are things that you can do to adjust, but I think mostly what we're looking at is what's driving your decision-making process in the face of a scenario like that. And you don't want to be in conflict with your own conscience. 
That was actually one of my favorite moments here on Ambo TV with Pastor A.R. Bernard. Speaking of really cool moments, though, our producer, Brooke Gurley, got a chance to sit down with the cast of the movie Harriet recently and do an interview. Let's go ahead and check that out. I know you play William Steele in here. He was a very important person on the Underground Railroad, civil rights advocate, writer, and all of that. But I don't think he's really that well known to people. So as you, you know, were pre preparing for this role, what is something that you wanted to really come across to viewers that they may not have known? Um, well, I, I knew about it. Having grown up in Philadelphia, I knew about his work with the Underground Railroad. What I didn't know, and what viewers still may not know after this movie, was all the chapters before his work with the Underground Railroad started. So I hope that people are intrigued by him and, and go and read up on him on their own. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was a sophisticated network. of uh, there, were, there were a whole lot of people that were risking their lives and everything they had um, to see to it that if people wanted to, if, if if you wanted, if you had the courage and you had the will that you could, you could make it uh, to freedom. It was an impossible choice that slavery put black people under. Absolutely. It was impossible decisions. Absolutely, and like I said, I'm a Christian network, so one thing that struck me about this film is that Harriet's faith. And so I know at one point in the film, you know, Stills writes possible brain damage, but as she continued to be successful, do you think that that kind of impacted his sort of belief in, and all of that? Oh, for sure. I mean, I th how could it not? You know, he was, <clears throat> she was an extraordinary woman, extraordinary American. And so, yeah, I think that she, she changed the lives of everybody that she met. <clears throat> not just the 700 people she helped directly, mm -hmm. um, but I think seeing her do the impossible, the seemingly impossible again and again, how could it not affect him and change his life? And that, and that thing that, you know, you're talking about her connection, her connection with God, with higher power. You know, people call that a lot of things, you know, uh, the, the God inside you, it's your intuition, it's your instincts, it's the hairs that stand up on the back of your neck, the hairs that stand up on your arm when you sense danger, when you sense goodness. I mean, that's certainly what I want to teach my daughter about. My parents taught me about it. It's, you know, it's maybe the greatest little thing that we come here with, instinct, your intuition. All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you. How awesome was that? You guys should totally go check out the movie Harriet and our producer, Brooke, did such a great job. But speaking of great jobs with actors and actresses, I actually did my own interview with Angela Robinson, cast member of The Haves and Have Nots. Let's go ahead and check that one out too. We have in studio, Angela Robinson with Hello. us today. Hello, You Angela. look mighty handsome. Oh, thank you so much. Now, this is now the second compliment I've received <laughs> today. So now, Ambo TV is, we are a, you know, a, a non-denominational faith-based yes. show. So yes. I would like to ask you, you know, how has, you know, your faith in, in God, mm -hmm. you know, how, how has that really played a role? Do you, do you feel anyway in, in your success so far? Absolutely. And yeah. my faith in God is, the reason I do it. I, okay. I feel like um, I'm an actor because I love it, mm -hmm. but I'm an actor because I'm purpose to do it. Okay. And um, it, it's, 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 it's weird and, and uncomplicated. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like my main purpose in life is that I'm an encourager. Okay. But to artists. Okay. So God just gave me this wonderful career okay. that I'm able to be around artists and 
speak to them and encourage them to continue on on this journey because I do believe that being an artist is a hard, is a high calling. It's not um, it's not to be taken lightly. Mm. When you are trusted to create something, um, you're doing exactly what God did by creating us. Absolutely. And so when you're trusted by God to be a creator, then it's a high calling, and it is art that speaks yes. to us almost on a daily basis, either through music or poetry or books or or just the, the art that you see on the street. And so you want to be a part, you want that art to uplift people and encourage people and inspire them. It's amazing. I love it. Mr. Perry has yes. been extremely vocal yes. about his faith yes. and, and you know, his devotion and how it's played a huge role. How yes. is it on set? I mean, are there, is there a, almost like um, you know, a team before a game, they, they huddle and do a prayer? Are there any set prayers? Are Absolutely. there any? Really? We pray. Every morning before we start so to much. film. Yeah. Oh, that's so Every awesome. Every morning, the start of day, we gather, circle up, as they would say. Uh, the, the, uh, the AD will say, circle up. And we okay. circle up and hold hands and we pray. And if that happens, let's say if the start of day is at 9 o'clock, mm -hmm. but let's say my start of day isn't until 2 p.m., okay. there are times that we love it so much as actors. There are times that we will go to set at 9 o'clock. So that we could circle just up. so you could do that is just amazing. so we could circle I love up. that so much yeah he starts every day that way and he is just for the world to know mm. what you see is what you get all right we'll be right back with more ambo tv Back to Ambo TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country. Before the break, we were checking out an interview I did with Angela Robinson, but we've also had some really cool music artists stop by the studio. My first interview was with Grammy nominated artist Todd Delaney. Let's go ahead and check that out. With me in studio, Grammy nominated, stellar and Dove Award winning gospel artist and former New York Met Todd Delaney. How you doing, Todd? What's up? My dude. All right, nominated. Now, now, this is, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. Come on, come but on. But I'm gonna hit Go you with it anyway. Good. So, former pro baseball player. Uh -huh. Now, that's a, that's a pretty big deal, mm -hmm. and I'm for the Mets. Yeah. Now, shout yeah. out to the Mets, Shea yes. Stadium. We are here in All New right. York. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, but that's, so you took a leap. Yeah. You definitely took that leap of faith, yeah. and when you decided to put it all in God's hands and yeah. to take that leap, were you, 100% confident? Did you know that this is going to be successful? I know I got a hit on my mm -hmm. hands. Or when you walked away from baseball, was it? did you have a doubt? No, I, I, I had a doubt. Okay. I mean, I had a lot of right. doubts. And, um, and then people closest to me helped me doubt a little bit more because they, <laughs> you know I mean? they encouraged me to be like, you're an idiot. Like, you know, like, the, you, what are you doing? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And so, um, uh, yeah, doubt filled my heart, man. And um, it was hard. Doubt, but... That was really my first time launching out in faith by myself. You know what I'm saying? So like, that, like, I needed that victory to get to where I am today. Like, I got that victory, and once I got, and when I say that victory, because a lot of people are like, what, what, what kind of victory is it? When you launch out in faith for the first time, it takes winning in order for you to do it again. Man, it's a dangerous thing when you launch out in faith and you don't see a, a, a good result, because it, it can cause you to clam up and clamming up will never allow you to conquer the world. 
Like you'll never be able to conquer anything if you are not willing to risk something. And um, so that was the greatest risk I ever took in life. Like I left behind all I ever knew. Like honestly, and I didn't even know if I had another real gift, like another like something that I could do that would generate income for my family. So like I was like I don't like I don't even know. I I wasn't even sure about the whole singing thing. I just knew that I had come into a new relationship with Jesus, so I was a little radical. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm willing to do anything for Jesus. <laughs> like, yes. I'm out yes. here in the deep end. Uh-huh. And so my parents were like, you're, you're, you're losing your mind. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we all love Jesus, but settle yes. down. You know what I mean? Tell it, tell and so, yeah. um, and so I, once I actually began to see success in the music industry, it was like, okay, God, I want to try you more often with this faith stuff. Like, I want to launch out in deep. So now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy with it. Like, when he asked me to do something strange, like fly to Africa and go record in Africa, okay. like, please, most people be like, well, Lord, I ain't got the money. I don't know what I'm, man, please. I know he works all that stuff out now. So <laughs> oh, when, he, yeah, when he mentions it now, I'm just like, let's go. Mm. Yeah. So now, speaking of that, mm-hmm. let's, let's move on to uh, Uganda. Yeah. What right now I know that that was a life changing yeah, trip for, for you. For me. So what was was it was it just kind of a a um, a motivation from God and an unspoken motivation or was there an actual kind of earthly thing that that kind of pushed you to take that flight over to Africa? It, it was unknown. Like I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was getting into. Let, let me tell you, the timing of it was perfect. I was I was at the Grammys um, being nominated for the Grammys at the time. And so what I experienced there was like, for me, being at the Grammys was one of the lowest moments of my life. Like, and the reason why I say that is because being a Christian and gospel artist in that arena with all of those big, big stars in our world, you just kind of feel like you're just a fish out of water. (laughs) You're like, here I am, I'm just kind of like, I'm here, nobody cares. Because they look, they care about Kim Kardashian's here. Oh yeah, Kanye's here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Jay Z's over there. Yeah. And so who's this guy? Who's this kid? Yeah. And so when I left, I left from the Grammys, going straight to Uganda. Okay. My my band and I. So I was like, man, like, am I even doing the right thing after being so low in that my weekend in L.A.? And I get to Uganda, and when I get there. There are machine guns and, and military standing outside the plane when we get off the plane. And I'm like, man, I whispered to the guy who was from the, um, the, the guy who brought us over. I said, man, what's all the guns? What's going on? And he says, man, you're a very important man here. And um, so we spent the whole time there just where I felt like God was responding to my weekend in L.A. Okay. And by saying, I know you feel low and I know you feel like I'm not, I'm not even mindful of you, but on another side of the world, uh-huh. I'm working on your behalf. And so we did three nights of worship there. 75,000 people a night came out. Victory Belongs to Jesus was the number one song in the country mm. for a long time. And when I say number one, I mean number one over all music there. And so um, it was just a perfect timed trip that changed my life forever where we got a chance to make family that I didn't even know existed. All right, that was Todd Delaney, such a cool artist, such a cool guest to stop by and have. He was also a former baseball player, didn't know that until he sat down for the interview. Speaking of really awesome, really talented, Grammy-nominated artists we've had on the show, we also sat down recently with artist Travis Green, such a cool guy. Let's go ahead and check out that interview. We have 
gospel artist, Grammy-nominated gospel artist in studio to talk about his new album, Travis Green. Travis, thank you so much for being here today, bro. What's up, family? I'm glad to be here, man. Yes. This so, is great. So, um, new album, I, I know you're busy right now, so I just want to dive right into the new yeah, album. Yeah, let's go. Um, Broken Record? Yep. Can you talk a little bit about like what inspired you to, to name it yeah. Broken Record? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, multiple reasons. I'll give you the elevator pitch reason. Right. Um, you know, I've kind of unveiled this concept lately of how God is not um, intimidated by our state of brokenness, but rather drawn to it. Mm. Um, that not only is he drawn to it, but um, a lot of times he's the one behind it. You know, we know him as a God who puts things together, but he's also a God who's into breaking things. A couple of times in, in scripture we read about him breaking the small lunch that's brought to him. From the little boy, he blessed and, break, and breaks it. And then communion, he sits with his boys reclined at the table. He blesses and breaks the bread, um, which signifies something to me, that whatever God breaks, he's already blessed it. And when God breaks us, he's not breaking the real us. He's breaking the shell of us. The most powerful force on earth is the seed. Life as we know it is literally sustained um, by the seed. But all of the seed's potential is locked into its shell. And it's not until the breaking of that to its potential comes forth and it's the same with us. So many times the shell of who we are, our experiences, um, our representative, uh, God is into breaking that so that he can give way to the core of us. And, and that's what this album is about. I love that explanation, man. That's yeah. amazing. So now there are a few songs already available yeah. on iTunes. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you right now, my jam, even though it didn't have a star next to it, I'm like, why does this song not? <laughs> Great Jehovah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving that song yeah. right now. Yeah, that yeah. song is really amazing. Can you kind of walk me through like the creative process behind that? Like what were you thinking when, when, yeah. you, when you came up with that one? Yeah, so the song actually, I did something um, on my last record, Crossover, and I kind of did like the snippet at the end of one of the songs, kind of like what y'all used to do back in the day with like Master P and all of that, where okay. you just throw out like, right. here's like a little snippet like a at teaser. the end. Yeah. yeah, like a teaser. And so I did that with Great Jehovah, just the chorus, and then... Um, the crowd just loved it. And so I was like, yo, let's write more to the song. And so we did that and I uh, recorded it. And that was kind of the idea behind it. And, and it's a crowd favorite for sure. Yeah. All right. So now I also learned that you, uh, you pastor at your own church yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah. So now how, how, how hard is it to maintain that balance between like gospel <laughs> superstar? Like I don't, I don't even want to run down the list of your stellars, right? Yeah. Cause there's too many to <laughs> at this point. So gospel superstar and pastoring, co-pastoring with your wife. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's got to be a hard balance. Yeah, I mean that. I mean you just said it. That's the cheat code. My wife holds it down. Oh, all right. Yeah, all she right. makes it. Easy. She does the hospital visits. She's yeah. praying and the counseling, and I just show up kind of to preach. Um, but more of a balance is the rhythm. You know, for me, it's just kind of catching the flow of and being 100 wherever I'm at, right. and I try to give my my entire self. So whether I'm at home with the kids or with the wifey or on the road or at the church, wherever I'm at, I just try to show up and be my that. best, yeah. So you a man, we come from the same cloth. Right? Uh, I do the same thing, I yeah. give it to my wife. She's like, yeah. oh, you know how my wife takes care of everything. Uh, She's got this. For sure. All right, so now, going back to the album, what 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 do you hope that you know the listeners and, and the people at home are gonna take away yeah. the most? Like, What's the biggest message you hope they take away from this album? Yeah, I, I want them to know, man, that God's okay, you know? Like, he's okay with us. Like, he, we don't have to perform for him. We don't have to uh, put on for him. He's okay with the real us. And um, he, he takes full responsibility for helping to get us where he wants us to be. The Bible has the story in Jeremiah where it talks about him as the potter. 
And I just think that's beautiful to see God as um, the potter or the orchestrator, the one who is in the forming business. He's a better fixer than Olivia Pope or anybody else. Like he, he gets things yeah. in order. That's just what he does. And so um, that's what I want them to get from this record, just a, a, a sense of relaxing and knowing that God got it. I love it, man. That's beautiful. So now are we, are we planning any tours now or, yeah. or are we going to let the music just kind of marinate for a minute and then? Yeah, both. Both. I always end the year with, um, I do a big tour in Africa, so I kind of okay. go around and, and do a, a several countries in that continent. So I'm going to do that, but I'm, I'm going to chill a little bit at the beginning of next year and then I'm planning to go out real hard in the fall. So I'm going to let the album sit a little bit okay. and then when we hit it, we're going to hit it. And that, I'm, right. I'm thinking next fall. All right. So now I know, like I said at the top, that you're you know, kind of pressed for time right now because you, you're a busy man. Um, so I just wanted to ask, is, is there a pastor in your life that, that really, or a church that like yeah. have really inspired you yeah. to, to kind of reach this level of success? Oh, you? man. I mean, that's, that, that list is long. It's a long list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my, uh, my personal pastor and mentor is Pastor William McDowell. Um, okay. He's out of Orlando, Orlando Florida. Uh, church called Deeper Fellowship, and he, I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of the voice that, that really helps give me direction, correction, instruction. Um, I really admire and look up to him, so um, he's one of, uh, uh, he's one of my, my favorites, and then you got John Gray, who's another mentor of mine, okay. um, Jamon Glenn, I mean, there's so many guys who are just available for me and pour into me, and so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, we can't put enough emphasis on how important mentorship sure. is and, and looking to pastors and community leaders, anybody to, you know, don't be afraid people to get a mentor, like look to somebody that has already kind of made their walk. And, and for sure. Yeah, for, that's so important. All right. That was Travis Green. Such an awesome interview. Don't forget, check out his new album, Broken Record. It's out now and available on iTunes. So go check that out. We'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. Now, we've covered some of the highlights of the actors and actresses and directors we've had on the show. Then we moved on to some music and music artists. But right now, I want to highlight some of the awesome authors we've had on the show. And starting with our producer, Brooke Gurley, who recently sat down with Michelle Medlock-Adams to discuss her new book, Platinum Faith. Let's go ahead and check that out. Welcome to Ambo TV. No, I am not Dean Windsor, but I'm your special host, Brooke Gurley. And with me in studio is a special guest, Michelle Medlock-Adams. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Of course. I'm so excited. So you're like a prolific author, like 70 books. <laughs> you sold 4 million books. It's just crazy. And now you have another one, yes. Platinum Face. So first of all, the title, how'd you come up with it? I love it. Thank you so much. Well, my co-author and I, Bethany Jett, we have a business called Platinum Literary okay. and, and, and trying to figure out what to call our literary business that would stand out among the rest. We did a lot of research on the name and she actually came up with Platinum because it's top shelf and it's rare and it's valuable and it can withstand the heat, lots of cool things about it. So our agent, we shared the same agent, Kyle Young, made this appointment for us in Florida at this writer's conference with an, an editorial director and we were supposed to pitch a book but we didn't have a book to pitch. Oh. We'd already sold our mom book which comes out next month and so we had to go and not be stupid. <laughs> we don't have anything to pitch. So at two in the morning, we were texting back and forth. And I said, what about doing 
platinum faith because all those things that we loved about it for our business applies to our faith. And it was just like the heavens opened, the angels saying we knew that was it. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of our platinum faith journey. Awesome. And so in the book, you use the properties of platinum to pull out like examples of our faith and how we should live our faith. So can you give us some kind of... Yeah, sure. There, so that we'd have 12 different properties of platinum. Okay. There are probably more, but those are the ones that we really researched. Mm -hmm. I was a journalism major, so I'm all about the research. It was so much fun. Um, so a couple of them that we talk about is platinum is very precious. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most precious metals. It's very valuable, much more than like even white gold and of course sterling silver. It can withstand the heat up to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. No so, which is, you know, we all we want all these characteristics in our lives. It's also very malleable, so you can shape it mm -hmm. different things. And one of my favorite things is so useful. Um, it, it's used in cancer-fighting drugs. It's okay. used in smoke detectors, um, dental implants. I mean, catalytic converters, like lots of things that you wouldn't think about. Well, I think of platinum, I think of a beautiful piece of jewelry. I mean, that's most girls. Right. All ring. platinum. Yeah, yeah ring exactly. setting, right? That's, that's the ultimate. But it's used in so many other things. And so as we looked at all these different characteristics, it really did apply to our faith. For instance, with the useful, there's many times in our lives where we might feel like we're the smoke detector platinum. Like nobody knows we're there right, until right. we're needed. Then, then you know we're there. Um, but, you know, it's life-saving, the, mm -hmm. the stuff in smoke detector. And same, and, but other times we have this like shiny exterior where we're maybe like a platinum ring setting where we're out front doing things. But other times we're in the back behind the scenes. And so not one is more useful than the other. Amen. And you also say that faith and becoming, having platinum faith, faith is a process. So can you like explain that process? Because it can be very challenging. You are so because if you're supposed to be the smoke detector and you want to be out front shiny, yes. you know, how do you deal with all of that? And that's and that is hard. We we do talk about that in the book. That sometimes that's that's the comparison trap we fall into. Right. Is you know, as women I think more even than than men will look at the someone who maybe is a praise and worship minister or mm -hmm. you know, really walking in their calling and shining brightly for Jesus and we're in the nursery. <laughs> I mean, we've all done the nursery, and you think, okay, does God even know I'm still here? Like, am I really doing anything important? Right, right. But you are just as important. I think no matter what your calling is, there will be seasons where you're more up front and center and seasons where you're more behind. I do a lot of ghostwriting for, you know, celebrities and different people, and, and it's a great privilege to help them tell their stories. But no one knows I do this. I mean, I can say it, but I can never tell you who or I'd kill you. You know, I can't tell you. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but no one knows that I'm out there doing that, and so that's a... That's being behind the scenes, but still being a blessing to somebody. God's still using my calling, but it's in a quiet way. And then the, the process, you're exactly right. It can be really daunting. It, uh, we right. talk about often in the book, it's progress, not perfection. Mm. I mean, each of us are given a measure of faith. It tells us that in the Bible, right? Right, right. Yeah. But that also says we are attaining from glory to glory, meaning that what we have now with faith, we can actually build on that. We can actually grow closer to God and walk a more consistent walk of faith. But that's why they call it the good fight of faith, because it's not easy. Absolutely. absolutely, And that's what I was going to say. So what do you say to someone who is struggling with their faith, which I have been there myself, where I'm like, some days I'm like, yes, God can do anything. I'm like the three Hebrew boys. Yes. The other days I'm like John the Baptist in jail, like, uh, is he really the one? You know what I mean? Like, is that really the person? So what do you say to someone who's struggling in that process? And I think you're right. For being honest, all of us have been there where we're like, God, are you still there? I was, did you go on vacation? Like not, not leave a forwarding? Like, I don't understand. Exactly. We feel like he's left us, but he hasn't. I think during those seasons where you're waiting, you know, you're waiting on God to open the door. You're sometimes you, you haven't heard anything in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I always, we talk about this in the book too, it's time just to get, let really do like a word check, like get in the word, mm. you know, just, just find yourself in the word, all those promises. Um, one of the first chapters of the book is about it being precious. Platinum is precious. And as soon as we find out how precious we are to God, kind of everything else hangs on that. If you know that he loves you 
so much with the unconditional love. You know, and that he has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. And that nothing, it says in the Bible, can separate you from his love. Once you figure all that out and you really meditate on those promises, everything else sort of just falls in the line. Exactly. Now, this book also has great questions at the end of the chapters. Thank you. So is that something that you intend for this to be like a devotional or a Bible study or women's study? Who's sort of the audience for your book here? It, you know, we wrote it specifically for women, but we've had several men tell us that they picked up their wife's copy or a couple editors who were men say, I know you wrote this for women, but I loved it. I'm like, well, that's good to know. But it was, it's really written for all women, a women of faith. And what we're hoping is that maybe they'll take it to their churches mm -hmm. and do Bible study. In fact, my best friend Angie, who came with me today, their church is doing it as a Bible study coming right. up in, in January. So it's great for also just personal introspective study. If you're just going to have your journal nearby and you know look at those questions and just let God love on you a bit, write down some answers. Where I just did a book signing in Michigan, oh. and one of the ladies who brought her book had bought it off of Amazon and brought it for me to sign. And there were notes, you know, all scribbled in the sides and oh, dog-eared and highlighted. And I yeah. think, oh my goodness, that's so great. So yeah, we want you to get in this book. It's not one that's supposed to just be pretty, although it's pretty on the outside. Mark it up and meditate and circle. And so get yourself, um, an, I always just get a journal that I like it to match right next to it, right? So you can answer those questions. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, this I had a great wonderful. time. Thank you. Please come back. I would love it. And blessings to you in your new book. Thank and you everything. so much. All right. That was our producer, Brooke Gurley, sitting down with Michelle Medlock-Adams to discuss her new book. Side note, I think Brooke is after my job because she's doing a real good one herself. But right now, I want to go ahead and get into my interview with author Jefferson Bethke. Let's go ahead and check that out. Let's go right into it. Let's I want it. you to walk me through now the, the title. Yeah. Grab my attention immediately. <laughs> it's a little risque. Yeah, well you need to you need to thank my wife, first of all. Thank the wife? Yeah, okay. which is a, which if you know her, anyone who watches us online, she's like the sweetest. She's one of those 90-year-old grandmas stuck in like a 32-year-old body, you know, just like sweet, kind, <laughs> gentle. So when she thought of that title, I just actually started laughing. But then I was like, ah, oh, but that's it. That's actually it. That's amazing, you know? So yeah, so then that was she thought of the title. But I think, yeah, the title, it's 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 I like what you said, it's it's grabbing, it's jarring, it kind of has a bite to it. But at the end of the day, we're not just doing that for, for that sake. The reason we like that title is because I think it's right on the nose of what we're tr what I'm trying to communicate in that book, which the, the hustle, the hurry, I'm, I'm kind of using it as a catch-all, right? Mm -hmm. Hustle, hurry, this pervasiveness of our culture, specifically among millennials, but I think also in the West and in modernity, is, is, is a problem. It's, it's, it's killing us, it's hurting us, it's uh, not making us into the image bearers we were created to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think the the seriousness of the problem needs to be reflected with serious language. And so I think that was kind of the hope. I think at this point, yeah. especially with us and with our generation, yeah. we need to kind of, you know, we, we got to kind of yell at people sometimes. Yeah. And not in a bad way. No, I know what you're saying. And I think, yeah, yeah I mean, I, maybe the word I would use is like sharp. And I think uh, because to cut through the noise, right? You need a sharp knife to cut through something. Yeah. And I think there's so much noise and there's so much going on. But I do think also as followers of Jesus that we're called to make sure that it's, you know, there's a way to do that that's in love, in peace, in gentleness. Jesus obviously shows that. Jesus being the personification of that, but yet said some enormously sharp things still. And so I think kind of combining those is really helpful in a cultural conversation. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's what that's what I really liked. Like, yeah. When I saw the book, yeah. it, the, the cover yelled at me. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Well, I love that. That's the best thing you yeah. could ever probably tell the marketing <laughs> team or anyone from Nelson. It's a, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So now, how do I, you know, yeah. being 30-something, yeah. married, children, yeah. the, the one thing that I want the most right now is to own a home, mm. you know, for, for my family. Yeah. How do I do there? How do, yeah. how do I get there yeah. without hustling my butt off? Totally. I think there's, there's, there's layers there, right? I think at some level, there's okay to... Life is a marathon, but I think seasons can be sprints, 
right? So I think that's okay. I think what happens is when you're just constantly sprinting. Okay. So I think that's being mindful of that is first, right? If I, am I just constantly sprinting, right? Or am I just trying to maybe, does the Lord maybe calling a little bit more an extraction of my thing in this small season that's sustainable that I need to do so I could reach a particular level of flourishing or sustainability, right? That might be the case. Um, or on top of that too, I think just like uh, we need to recover the idea of faithfulness, right? So many of us, I think, um, there's something inherently blessed about every act you're doing in the day if you're doing it unto the Lord, okay. right? And we don't tend to believe that. We tend to only believe that results are sacred. Results are holy. Results are the things worth celebrating. When God just doesn't seem to care about that in Scripture, right? He seems to very much care about you during the process. Like that actually seems like the, that actually seems like the results he cares about is you in the process of wherever you're going, right? If you're exhibiting faith, if you're exhibiting honoring work, if you're exhibiting loving God and loving neighbor, um, then, and that doesn't mean that the results always will handle themselves, but I do think the scales tip where when you're faithful that God usually take, he takes care of you. There's provision always. He he's makes that clear, right? Um, and it might not turn out how you want, but yeah. So I would just say, but faithfulness can still have a spirit of, of, of not hustle, but like working. You, can still, you should still be working hard, right? Yeah. Dil- I think another better word is diligent. diligent. Okay. You should be working diligently, but hustle is when it starts getting into your soul of like, where it starts corroding your soul, where you start going, you're, you're not loving people anymore by the pace you're going. You're not loving God anymore by the speed you're going, yeah. right? And that's a different thing. So what would you, because I felt that this was, I couldn't tell. It, it, it felt transformative. Mm. It felt faith restoring. It mm. felt, you know, motivational. What, mm. if you had to categorize a book? I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I, <laughs> you know, the quickest way, I, I do think it's my weirdest book. That's okay. the way to put it. Like Meaning that. like, it's, 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 I tell some, I, I make some crazy connections, I think, in yeah. this book, right? You I mean, you got, personal. yeah, you got the, yeah, personal, you get the Mr. Rogers stuff. I have yeah. a crazy story in there. I think of the 1980s, the, the people of Schwindnik, Poland, and how they resisted by carrying their TVs around, uh, the con- it, cra- yeah, crazy, info crazy stuff. There, and then yeah. like the, the, the modern conception of time, who that came from, Ruth Belleville and how she used to buy and sell time in the 1800s. Uh-huh. It's a weird book, but maybe what I would say is, um, kind of faith restoring and that I wanted to bring back a depth and a richness to our faith okay. that, I, that a lot of us, I think, are kind of living in a flimsier faith, right? A kind of shallower faith, uh, a hustle to hurry faith. Mm. So I think, yeah, that would that'd be one maybe I would hope for. All right. That was Jefferson Bethke. Such a cool guy. Such a cool guest to have on the show. If you haven't, go pick up a copy of his book, To Hell with the Hustle. Great read. We're going to go ahead and take a break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, home of Next Generation Pastors. And speaking of Next Generation Pastors, we've had some of the most next level Next Generation Pastors featured on the show. Let's go ahead and check some of them out. Starting with Pastor Ashley Abercrombie from right here in New York, downtown Liberty Church. Let's check her out. You know, in my years of marriage, I've learned, <laughs> no, <it's- laughs> And it's true. It's, I've been married longer than people realize. Yeah. So, um, but I've learned that marriage is kind of like, it, it's like an Ikea bookshelf, right? Ooh, you go to I, Really? You go to <laughs> Ikea and you're like, it's gorgeous sitting there on yeah. the showroom floor. And then you go home, you're like, I got a bookshelf, I got a bookshelf. So and then you dump it out. Yeah. And you realize you have no idea what you are doing. Yeah. Like you need, and, and, and then, the directions are also terrible. And you can't understand. <laughs> you need to call in a linguist oh, yeah. to like decipher them. So now, so now you're stuck. So, <laughs> and this is serious. So, yeah. so 
Yeah, and you're ready to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're like, I, I can't do this. Yeah. So is there any, you know, biblical advice? You Because I need help. I still need help <laughs> to this day. Is there any biblical advice that you could give about just staying the path and, and mm. not quitting? Well, I think one of the things that my husband and I try to practice in our marriage, um, I think about Proverbs 31 where it talks about kindness being on the tongue. Okay. And for us, kindness and consideration is so huge in our marriage. So that way, even if we're in a conflict, even if there's tension, we don't speak to each other rudely. We make okay. sure that we connect with one another. We don't have to have everything resolved in order for us to engage in a way that's healthy and loving. And that's been huge for us. I think the way we speak, the tone we use um, is incredibly important. But if you can keep a house that's kind... Okay. It shifts the whole atmosphere. It shifts your whole marriage. And again, you don't have to fix everything to still be in a great partnership. You oh. know, that's life. You don't have to have the whole bookshelf yeah. built. What would be a good way that you personally, you know, give glory without falling into like monotony? Totally. Well, I think first is acknowledging that most of life is very boring. Mm. And we're taught that it's mountaintop all the time or it's lowest of the low, but the reality is doing the same thing in and out daily, the rhythms that we have of life can be kind of boring. Okay. But I think stewarding what we have, recognizing where we are right now and not despising it. So we have the opportunity to use our gifts where we are. Even if we're at a job that we don't like, we have an opportunity to steward our giftings. Even if we are at home with people that we may or may not like, we have an opportunity <laughs> to steward our giftings. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for us to not despise where we are because God's glory is in the ordinary. We don't have to go out and make some spectacular thing. God is right where we are right now. All right, that was Pastor Ashley Abercrombie, a three-time guest on the show. We love having her here anytime that we can borrow her from her church. Speaking of three-time guests, I want to get to one of our really dear friends, Pastor Stephen Francis, who's always down to come through and talk about sneakers with me. Let's go ahead and check them out. I like the fact that it's not just me sometimes. You know, when you hear that pastors talk about things, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it's, I have a problem with faith because mm -hmm. I know God yeah. and, and, and my, my faith is always there. I think it's sometimes I tend to forget and I'm more, I put, I put God second. And I wonder if I'm not the only person that does that sometimes. Sometimes you put panic before you put God. Is that Absolutely. something? So how do we train our brains to stop doing that and put God first always? The thing that I think so many people struggle with is that, God, I do believe you can do it. I just don't know if you're going to do it for me. Oh, okay. And I think what we need to do is have a faith in his character that says, listen, I don't know if you're going to do it the way I think you should do it, but I do have faith to believe that you will do something. That if I do take this step, a step that I believe you're calling me to take, that you will see to it that I do not fall. So I think that that's something that oftentimes we just have to rely on, his character in the midst of those situations. Okay. See, now, I, I also learned something, and this is, see, now, the Internet can be a good place. You can learn things on the Internet, too. And this came from a meme of all places. But it said, during a test, the teacher is always silent. Yes. Correct? So now this applies to God. Yeah. So when we're in the middle of being tested, my credit's ruined. I'm looking on, I'm looking on whatever website I look for my credit score. Ruined. I'm never going to be able to get a house. I'm never... There's a plan in there somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's when the faith kicks in. That's when it should kick in. Mm -hmm. Could you give me a Bible verse that I can go to, that I could thumb through my Bible and look to in a moment of panic? I would say go to Philippians 4 and read that whole passage. It talks about how not to have anxiety, but to go to God in prayer. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It, to me, is a great passage for anyone dealing with anxiety 
of life to remember that you have a God that not only will bring you through, but he will give you peace in the midst of going through it. There was Pastor Stephen Francis, one of our great friends here at Ambo TV, and such a great and dynamic pastor as well. Uh, right now, though, I want to get back to another moment I had with Pastor A.R. Bernard. Let's go ahead and check that out. You know, we, we're going to have to endure hardships constantly, and this is something we know as Christians and we accept it. But he's saying that we're going to have to endure hardships in order to help others as well. So you know, how does that exactly you know, translate and help us in our faith walk? Okay, let me, let me go theologically first. Okay. Um, yeah, Jesus said that in the world you will have tribulations. So what he was saying is in this particular time in history and in this context and environment, hardship is part of it. Mm -hmm. So expect it. Now, we all face it, you know, whether Christian or non-Christian, we face the same hardship. It's how we go through it, what it produces in our lives that distinguishes us from the rest of the world. And basically, Scripture teaches that let it do its best work in developing your internal character and fortitude and strength. Let it do its best work, hardship, in terms of giving you a perspective on life that embraces the difficult along with the opportunities and great times, but also let it shape and fashion you in a way that you leave it with a positive evaluation that becomes something that you can pass on to those who will face it. All right, there was Pastor A.R. Bernard, a man just filled with lessons and insights, and I can't get enough of that. And right now, I want to get over to a highlight of Reverend Jason Harris, who's been on the show. Let's go ahead and check him out. How would you recommend for somebody you know, like myself that's kind of waiting on a blessing from mm -hmm. God and, and things just aren't coming as fast as they as you would expect them to and you know things are just starting to get a little rough and rocky. For me, it's going back to the character of who God is, who God is as creator, redeemer, and sustainer, reminding myself over and over again through the witness of scripture, through the witness of other people's testimonies, how does God move in the world? And so there are a couple of key assumptions that I'm, I've learned to make about God. God is always creating. By God's very nature, God is a creative, loving force moving through the world, always trying to reconcile and redeem the entire planet. So I start with that assumption, and then I begin to look in my life to see where is God creating? Then I think about where is God redeeming? Are there places in my life that I thought were abandoned entirely, that they were lost in some abyss of neglect and a lack of meaning? And I go to those places and say, let me see if I can create a graph, if I can connect data points to see where God is redeeming. And then the next question is, where's God sustaining? Are there places in my life outside of the current situation that I'm in where I can see God has sustained me, given me power and authority and grace beyond measure to withstand all of the circumstances. That kind of three-step model has enabled me to stick with it because it's hard, it's difficult. But going back to those places where God did something allows me to erect a mental monument to God, right? We think about uh, in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, all these places where God would move and 
create some miracle. And then God would say to God's people, I want you to build a monument of praise to remind you when you go through your next wilderness, you can go back to that moment in time where it intervened on your behalf, where you thought the situation was impossible, but the God of possibility pulled back the restraints of time, stepped in and moved in an unprecedented way. Go back to that moment. So I think the message for us is return to the previous moment and see God work there and know that the same God that did it then can do it today. Well, all I got to say to that highlight is amen. And we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back with more Ambo TV. When you decide that your life is going to be a life of worship, there's going to be some people who think that you're undignified. There's going to be some people who think that you're just not supposed to do it that way. And guess what? Who cares? All right, so Daniel Fuskill was, was talking about worship, and the verse that kind of comes to my mind first off is, is Romans 12. And I love the way that the Message Bible breaks it down. It says it like this, verse 1, it says, so here's what I want you to do with God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. And so whatever you do in life, place it before God as an offering. Let him use you. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Represent him. Welcome back to Ambo TV. I hope you guys really enjoyed our very special show we had today. I know I enjoyed seeing all of the clips and all of the highlights from the past almost year we've been doing this show. That's right, it's almost been a year that we've been delivering dynamic sermons and pastors to you guys, and we really hope to continue doing it through 2020. And if you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Wherever social media is, you should because we have daily devotionals. You can interact with us, leave a comment, slide us a DM. Whatever works for you, we're always there for you. So to see complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to ambotv.com. We always have great content for you guys there. You can sign up for our daily newsletter. And we also have a podcast on iTunes and Spotify. So go check that out. Good night. I can't wait to see you guys next week. And uh, I'm out.